Captain Andy and I both wanted to see something of the island, so we took turns running the launch. Andy was bringing the last boatload of passengers back to the ship at the end of the afternoon when the outboard motor stopped as he was pulling up alongside. The wind immediately caught the launch and started to carry it away from the ship. They all were wearing life jackets and were in no immediate danger, but as they drifted farther from land, they would eventually get into bigger waves and possibly swamp. They needed to be rescued. With Captain Andy in the launch, I was in command of the Californian, and I was scared. The failure of the anchor windlass meant we couldn't easily get the anchor up, turn on the engine, and take the ship after them. It was the end of the day, and the light was already starting to fade. We had to act quickly. The only thing I could think to do was to call the Coast Guard. They might be able to divert a fishing boat to help, or send a helicopter, or I didn't know what. But they would be able to handle it. I told the crew what I thought. They were not impressed. A deckhand named Arnold, a man in his early twenties who alternated between sailing ships and driving trucks in Brazil, where his family was from, said he would go after the launch in a plastic kayak one of the passengers had brought aboard, and tow a line out to pull them back with. A young woman named Dora, about Arnold's age, immediately started getting all the spare lines of rope we had out of stowage in the lazarette. I was against this idea. I didn't think we had enough spare line to reach them. I didn't know anything about Arnold's kayaking ability or anything about kayaks in general, and it just felt like having one more person at risk out on the water. Drowning a crew member in a foolish kayaking stunt did not seem helpful. I felt my main responsibility was to be sure things didn't get any worse, and call for help. Heroics were not in my job description. But Arnold assured me that he had lots of kayaking experience in rougher water than this, and he was certainly very strong and fit. He would tie the rope to himself, not the kayak, so that if anything did go wrong, he would still be attached to the ship, and we could recover him. Finally, I recognized their confidence and their competence for what it was, and I surrendered my hesitation. Arnold launched himself off the stern of the ship in the kayak with his life jacket on and his line tied around him. The kayak landed nearly flat on the water, quickly stabilized, and Arnold tore into the waves with his paddle, rushing after the launch with all his considerable strength. Captain Andy had started rowing when he saw Arnold coming, not with any hope of getting closer to the ship, but at least to drift more slowly. I could see him throwing all his weight into the oars as Arnold got closer. One of the passengers leaned out over the bow of the launch and grabbed the handle on the bow of the kayak and pulled Arnold alongside, with only twenty feet of line left to us on the Californian's deck. Arnold untied the line from his waist, leaned over from the kayak and tied it to the bow cleat on the launch. He'd done it. Captain Andy congratulated me heartily for engaging the crew in such a successful recovery, and I had to explain that the credit really went to Dora and Arnold. The crew had engaged themselves, and had needed to work extra to engage me with them. My response to the crisis had been small, self-protective, and rigid. Dora and Arnold's response had been big, creative, and selfless. I didn't use these words to describe the situation to Andy. 
but that's how I described it to myself. On the other hand, I was the leader of an extraordinarily engaged and high-performing team, and I take some credit for that. Captain Andy and I had worked on this together, and we had formed a crew that didn't respond to a crisis with the helplessness of, What do we do? What do we do? We had built up a culture of initiative, trust, and shared responsibility, a culture with a big view, and it was there to draw on even when my own view became tunnel vision. I trained the crew, and the crew in turn trained me. How did Andy and I build a culture that encouraged a big state of mind in our crew? We did it by accepting that leadership is a practice of generosity.